Hello and welcome to Odd Spots. My name is Ryan Mullen and this is my podcast where I'm talking to people in a different place every time. Uh, this episode sets the record for furthest traveled to a spot. We did this episode in Carp and uh, it was definitely worth the trek out there because the spot of this episode has a really cool history and lore that you'll hear the guest explain at the beginning. The guest of this episode is Jillian Kerr. She's a singer-songwriter. I've seen her play around Algonquin so many times. We've actually already done a podcast together. I was hosting what was called the AC Hubcast for a little bit, uh, I believe a year ago. And it's only 20 minutes. You could check that out after this one. It was a, a great quick chat. And this one was also a great episode. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to play one of her songs and then get into the episode. So here is Downtown by Jillian Kerr. Show you the world in color lights. You say, Let's go downtown. There are things that only come out in night, like people with stage fright, like the jokes that just.
here with Jillian Kerr. Jillian, where are we? What does it look like? And what are the sounds we might be hearing during this episode? All right. So right now we're at Ridge Rock Brewery, just downtown Carp. And we are actually in our vault room. So it's in the basement of our brewery building. This building has a really cool industrial feel. It used to be an old um, uh, cabinet making factory. And then before that, it was actually a maintenance garage. Hmm. But in this building was made in the late 1800s in the 1940s i think it's 1947 there was a group of people when this building was kind of unoccupied using this building as kind of like a hideout they said it was a gang i don't really know a gang in carp but (laughs) across the road is our post office it used to be the old scotia bank okay and they actually dug a tunnel underneath the road into the scotia bank and robbed the vault Wow. Yeah. Like thousands of dollars worth of heirlooms, stuff like that. And they were never caught. So there's rumors in CARP all the time of like which families were a part of it. Really? So this room that we're in is actually part of that original tunnel. Okay. So, yeah. So that, wow. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it is cool. Eh? So that's why they have, we call it the vault room. Mm-hmm. And the owners of Ridge Rock. Uh, designed it. They, I don't know where they got this big vault door that we're locked into right yeah. now. But yeah, that's kind of <laughs> like the play. And it's really spooky. We also have this old painting mm-hmm. over on my right. So one of our owners, Ryan Grassy, he found this in his parents' basement. Apparently it's his like, great-grandmother. Whoa. And she, <laughs> yeah. she really looks at you. Yeah, she does. That yeah. is right out of a, a horror movie. Isn't it? Or I, I was saying this seems like uh, it's a made-up like escape room. Like I've seen rooms that like, that would be like a good prop. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. That's actually his grandmother. Yeah, like great grandmother or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it looks like it. It has to be a couple greats in there for the style of painting that is. Definitely. Isn't that (laughs) cool? She must have been important, though. To have that made of you. To have that Yeah. Yeah. That took some time. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, that's where we are. Well, this is downtown Carp. Downtown Carp. (laughs) Yeah. It's Carp (laughs) Road and Donald B. Intersection. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you're a bartender here? Um, yeah, and server. And server. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you also run an open mic here? I do run the open mic and the guest artist series here. Okay. Um, so that's Sunday afternoon. So every first Sunday of every month, I have my open mic. Okay. So it just happened this past Sunday, and it was awesome. It was the second time I'm bringing it back um, in the fall because I took a few months off just in the summer, okay. September time. Uh, so I brought it back in October, but anyways, uh, just a few days ago we had it and it was awesome. I had mm-hmm. six performers for them were all new, fantastic oh, wow. cool. singer songwriters. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. It was a lot of fun. So it's at uh, 2 p.m. Normally runs to four, but like we had all these performers and they were awesome. So we ran later. We just went oh, nice. to five. It was great. Awesome. And then the guest artist series is every third Sunday of the month. And it's a very similar setup where I bring in just one okay. um, guest artist. Or I haven't brought in any duos or trios yet. That's going to be the next okay. step. But I normally kick it off and play for about an hour. And then they play an hour of 
their own material and it kind of introduces these artists to the carp area yeah. carp locals they love it because then they find these new artists and they buy For their sure. cds look them up yeah it's cool. a lot of fun so it's a true open mic where you didn't book anybody like they all just showed up they just and show you were up. like okay will anyone show up exactly <laughs> so it's always it can be a hit or miss yeah like in uh no no october my first one i had one performer mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and it was tim actually our doorman so okay. he works here on friday yeah. nights and saturday nights to just make sure you know people stay and check because it can get a little wild here oh yeah <laughs> but anyways i was like tim keep playing you sound great because <laughs> if no one shows up then i just keep playing <laughs> yeah yeah i guess yeah. so and then it's not an open mic anymore it's just you performing exactly. here and they're like oh, th- i guess this is a pretty common spot that you go to because you like have the connections here yeah yeah that makes totally. sense. that's how it works yeah this, it is how it works well i actually i book the music here too yeah. oh, for yeah. fridays and, and you're saturday like, oh, nights book myself in exactly sometimes i can't find an artist i'm like well guess it's me yeah nice <laughs> or yeah cool. for the halloween party we had on um, a couple weeks ago on a saturday night um i played for a couple hours okay did you dress up i did what'd you dress up as like a spooky clown a spooky clown not (laughs) one of those regular unspooky ones i feel like most people (laughs) will just like associate spooky with clown nowadays like everything is well it's so true and that night like no one dressed up it was just Hmm. kind of one of those i don't know maybe it was too early to have a halloween party because it was weird this year that halloween was on a thursday yeah so we had this party on the saturday before it was like the 26th um but anyways, staff all dressed up here. Yeah, that's good. No patrons had really oh, dressed yeah. up, except for this guy wearing a full it costume and mask yeah, walked okay. in like around midnight, <laughs> and it was so freaky, and he yeah. played the part really well. Okay, nice. <laughs> he was really in character. Oh, yeah. Well, I was actually at a party in Stittsville the week before. Like That was oh. super early Halloween, where I was pumped like, that I got to have two weeks extra- before. Yeah, two weeks before the actual <laughs> Halloween and I was just excited to have another opportunity to have a party <laughs> where everyone's dressed up. Yeah, that's the thing, right? I feel like as you get older, there's like, oh, well, we can dress up two weeks before. And even people were doing stuff the weekend after. It's yeah. like multiple <laughs> opportunities for multiple costumes. Mm-hmm. I was also pumped uh, around Algonquin. There were so many students that were dressed up. And I was like, okay, it's still like alive. That's Sometimes nice. you feel like... Yeah, like, am I going to look dumb? But like, hopefully enough other people are also doing something. Oh, yeah. I was panicking a little bit when I was showing up here because I came to this gig um, here at uh, Ridge Rock by myself. So I'm the only person dressed up and I don't know if anyone else is dressing up. So it was, yeah. it was one of those, have you seen Mean Girls? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, she goes to the Halloween party and she's dressed oh, really yeah, like yeah. scary. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, did, I did go all out. <laughs> And yeah, I was nervous about that. <laughs> um, so it's actually kind of funny that you mentioned that this specifically were in downtown Carp because uh, that's one of the first things I wanted to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have actually already done a podcast before where we talked more about your song Monster. And so mm. now I wanted to go a little bit more into your song Downtown. <laughs> okay. So I'm sure you know there's a Petula Clark song called Downtown. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is it, can you sing that one for me? Uh, <laughs> Downtown, forget all your troubles and anyways go downtown. Oh yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want, I've done a comparison between your song and her song just to show the kind of the similarities of what a downtown is like. Okay. And what differences you guys have. Okay. So you guys have a kind of a similar 
uh, beginning part, I felt like. like. She talks about how downtown can make you feel less lonely. Uh, you forget all your troubles. That's the, the line I just mentioned. And she actually compared the traffic to music. Kind of oh. just kind of just the noise of the area is its own music and, and vibe. And, and you have a, a line where you're like, where dreamers want to be. And there's so much to see. Like, there's a lot going on mm-hmm. in a place like that. Uh, but then her song kind of continues to be positive. Okay. She just mentions the positive aspects. Like she has a part where she says, "There's the neon lights are pretty. And you have a part in your song where you say the signs that shine blue and then there's a homeless man with no shoes. Yeah. So you're actually, you're mentioning the same thing. You're like, there's really bright lights, but then you're also talking about the reality of what's next to it, these signs and these things. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Like you have a lot of things yeah. like that where you're talking about the realities, like the, all the, the cigarette butts on Rito Street yeah. and uh, fist fights and, and all these like real things that are the negative parts of downtown. And while her, her song became like a number one hit because everyone's like, oh yeah, let's go downtown. That's, mm-hmm. that's the spot to go. And everyone just associates it with, with their own downtown. So it became a hit song in every downtown area, Miami, Chicago, Detroit. And I feel like yours, people would be like, it's a great song, but most people just be like, oh, it's too real. And, but your song has definitely a different vibe to it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I just want to, I'm curious about your thoughts on downtown. You living so far out of Ottawa, but that was when you were on Elgin Street, you wrote that? Yeah, yeah. That's when I was living downtown. Okay, on you really Elgin. had a good idea <laughs> of seeing these things every day. Exactly, exactly. And so when I came from this area that we're in now, mm-hmm. like we call it downtown car. <laughs> yes. Like there's farm fields yeah. all around us. It's yeah. this really like quaint, small town mm-hmm. feel. And then experiencing that my entire life where I grew up on a 17 acre lot, like not really knowing my neighbors and things like that to moving into these apartment buildings where we'd have, um, homeless people knocking on our windows, asking for our empty bottles and things like that. Yeah. It was, it was so different. I loved living downtown Mm -hmm. and I still really miss it, but I wanted to try and, and capture that feeling. Like even that line where you said where the, it's the place where dreamers want to be like, Mm -hmm. I wanted it to sound like, oh yeah, like I'm a dreamer and I'm living here, but also kind of that, that play where it's like, it's, it's where dreamers want to be. But then the reality is when you're down there, you, you, like I was a student at the time, so I didn't yeah. have a lot of money and it just felt like, you know, like, like no one really has a lot of money except mm-hmm. for maybe the seldom people. So you want to try and pursue this dream, but you hit all these roadblocks maybe. And yeah. There's a couple other parts you had. Uh, you're like things that come out at night, jokes that don't sit right. Mm. That's the line I thought that was interesting. Is that a specific thing that you had had for that? Like a bunch of joke, or maybe just like people like they'll say nastier things when when the sun's out or the sun's not around. Well, yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I think, and it's just like different groups of people um, with different opinions and, and different humors. And, mm-hmm. and I have like, you're a comedy guy and mm-hmm. I used to go to all those comedy shows all the time because one, it was like a cheap way to spend your evening. It yeah. was normally really fun. But then I've seen comedians where, yeah, it's just like, I, I don't know how you've ever felt comfortable saying that for people. Like, it's just not very nice. Sure. You know what I mean? Not even yeah. very nice. Like, it's just like, oh, I don't know. Absolutely. Like, it's, yeah. it, it just doesn't sit right yeah. with your person. Um, yeah, like people feel like there's this freedom mm-hmm. downtown, like you're kind of anonymous almost, like you're at, online when you're in these clubs and yeah. you're going to the bars late at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you feel like you can get away with things. Absolutely. Well, I think that's kind of with the Petula Clark line. She's like, it makes you feel less lonely in a, when you're in a crowd full of people, but you are still alone. Mm-hmm. Like you're not connecting with these people. You're just all in like, I'm picturing like a downtown, like, or like a, like a New York crosswalk where there's like a hundred people mm-hmm. in one spot and you're, you're not with those people really like connecting. You're just all in a, a mishmash of chaos. Yeah. That's a good point too. Cause I think when I was living downtown, I went through a lot of ups and downs just like in my um, years as a student and just going through, you know, all the mm-hmm. heartbreaks and stuff like that that's in a lot of my songs. But the idea of of being surrounded by people and feeling lonely, and maybe when you're lonely and you're on the downside, that's when you notice, like, all the things that are kind of, like, on your level because you're mm-hmm. pulling them in or you make, you're making them seem darker. Yeah, Whereas okay. when you're really happy, you only say you're in love and everything's, like, sparkly and, mm-hmm. and colorful and... You have a, and one more similarity you have, your, your two songs are downtowns. Uh, you have a part where you say, take me to the show with the freaks and creeps. And then she has a part where she talks about mo- go to the movies and 24-7 businesses. So it's like, you want to be with the freaks and creeps or you just know yeah. it's a fact? No, I want to. Want to. <laughs> yeah. I want to be. Yeah. And that's why when I first started playing that song, I think I wasn't explaining it right before I'd perform it. And it made it sound like... I was saying that everyone that lives downtown is creepy and weird, but it's so not true because I wanted to be there and Mm -hmm. I felt like I fit in with that lifestyle. Okay, yeah. And that everything downtown could also be like this big production almost Mm -hmm. surrounded by all these people that are very interesting and doing their own thing and living in their own world. Yeah. And yeah, it's a show when you go down there. You (laughs) see so much. You really can just walk down one street and see... uh, The amount of stories I have just walk, literally walking down down elgin yeah oh I have, yeah i have countless yeah of the crazy things that have happened yeah it is wild i'm trying to remember some of the stories i can't even like <laughs> but you're true there there are some funny ones uh so i kind of i'm curious how well when you're playing a show here out in carp and you have your album. That's also the name of your album is Downtown. Mm-hmm. How well does a, an album called Downtown sell in a carp area? <laughs> well, Do people it's go funny. like, oh, you city slicker. Like, go back downtown. You're like, I'm from here. Yeah, no, I think, I think because maybe my style too of music has that folky country feel. I, people here are so supportive. Okay. Yeah. They're it really doesn't matter if it's called downtown. They're like, no, oh, they hear you. I think sometimes yeah. there's a few people um, that have never lived downtown, have never experienced it, maybe don't relate with that song as much mm-hmm. as they would with the boat song or, yeah. or something else. Um, but yeah, a lot of people have. And a lot of people that live here have actually lived all over the world. We have yeah. a regular here from Ireland. Like, okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Cool. We get all walks of life in here too, which is pretty interesting. Cool. Uh, I'm, I'm always curious about the similarities of like performing, uh, how, wh- where are you at with nerves? Like when you're, mm. when you're playing here, are you just like the most comfortable? Yes. And like when you come to Algonquin, that's where I've seen you all the time is playing at Algonquin. When you go to there, are you like, Oh, this is going to be like an easy show or like a, a kind of a good, no problem. Yeah, those are those are my easy, comfortable shows that are just so fun and relaxing mm-hmm. that you don't have to worry about too much. Yeah, because you kind of just show up. There's so many familiar faces mm-hmm. at Algonquin or here. Everyone's so kind, and a lot of the times too, which makes it extra relaxing, is that you're sort of background music. Sure. 
So it's not like you're on stage putting on this big performance. Um, when I'm here, I do talk to the audience, but it's never going to be like a full-on listening room. There's all mm -hmm. these tables. And the whole idea of our bar, I don't know if you've noticed when you're upstairs, but we have these big long tables. So it's all for community seating. Yeah. And we and we have a lot of um, food that we want people to just share. Just watch the uh, end of that. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so we have lots of food that we want people to be able to share and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So we want it to be this community space where people can talk. Yeah. And that's part of the whole design. Okay. And it's not just like seating that faces where we perform kind mm -hmm. of thing. So everyone um, kind of chit chats, but they still really enjoy the music. For sure. Which yeah. is so nice. So it's great when I do the open mic. I say that all the time to people that don't perform that much um that it's it's such a comfortable welcoming space and you're not just like you know p people all staring at you mm -hmm. but when you finish a song everyone always claps like yeah. it's just like this really nice For thing sure, that's great. and they really enjoy it you see people singing along yeah but people still are you know chit-chatting and things yeah. like that and that's really nice and that's what algonquin is too and mm -hmm. it's kind of neat sometimes they'll set me up in hallways i'm back on january 6th by the way cool um, and I'm supposed to be in a hallway somewhere. Nice. I <laughs> yeah, good. Cool. So it's constantly just people walking by yeah. and giving the thumbs up <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. Like, I actually love it so much. Awesome, it's really yeah. fun. But then there's the other shows. Um, I still, I'm at the point where I enjoy them so much mm -hmm. that like a little bit of nerves is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. But unless it's a really, really big show, like when I do the Festival of Small Halls or when I played Blues Fest, like things like that, um, I don't get too nervous. Okay. No. And what about like like a Blues Fest? Like how far beforehand were you nervous for that? Oh, my God. The very first time I ever did the Blues Fest show, it was off-site at the Rito Center. Okay. And that was like three years ago. But I think it was the idea, like I have grown up as a kid, going to blues fest so it yeah. seemed like this really big thing mm -hmm. and i was so shocked that i was actually a part of it yeah so i was having like major panic attacks <laughs> like right up before i got on stage mm -hmm. and that's what i find happens to me when i get nervous it's this constant build up until you're actually on stage once you do your first song it's normally fine yeah but what i what I really find makes me so nervous, it's not the playing part, it's the talking part. Okay. In between the songs. Yeah. Because you just, it's more like improv. Like you don't know what you're, it's about how they're feeling or who's around. And exactly. <laughs> exactly. I find it really challenging. That is the hardest part for me because you want to also be entertaining. I find the best shows, live shows that I ever go to is when the performer really connects with the audience and mm -hmm. tells these really insightful stories about their songs and makes jokes and gets you laughing. Yeah. And I want to do that. Yeah. And it's hard. <laughs> For sure. You don't, do you feel like you get practice when you're serving or being a bartender? Do you put in effort to like try to make the, to entertain the table and make sure you connect with them? I do. And, but I find that's a thing you, I'm sure you would have a lot to say about this too. It is the audience and the feedback that you get from them. Because mm -hmm. sometimes you have shows or tables 
where they're just like shut down. They don't really want to communicate yeah. with you. They're very closed off. They're not giving you any energy mm. and you can't build on that. Yeah. And when that happens, it just falls flat. So you really want a group that is engaging and yeah. gives you this fun energy. Like I love when audience members like yell at me from the audience and talk to me and stuff like that. I, that's my favorite. Yeah. What are they saying usually? Um, are they talking about like, what your song was or whatever you're, you bring yeah, up? Yeah, like, like if I ask a question yeah. or if I say like, oh, what was the show I did in Kingston? It was one of my angry songs. <laughs> <laughs> and talking about like getting your heart broken. Yeah. And I was like talking to the ladies in the audience yeah. and all this stuff. And I had like a woohoo. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. just amazing. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I feel ya, and yeah. And stuff yeah. like that. Nice. They're like, yes. <laughs> that's cool. People are relating with me. I think it was you um, at one of your times at Algonquin where someone was drawing you? Have you had that? Yes. Uh, before? Or what do you think about that? I've never had that before. No. Because <laughs> I've seen that too. Like one of my friends is an animator. We were at a show one time and he just started drawing the musician and then afterwards he like showed him and the guy was so pumped and he took a photo afterwards and he was like, look, first fan art. And my buddy's like, I wouldn't call myself a fan. <laughs> <laughs> You're just here and I drew you. Yeah. But in this case, like this person, they we're into what you were doing and we're like oh i want to practice my thing and did you get the uh, did they give it to you or yeah, they he gave okay it to cool me. he gave it to me i still Sweet. have it it's nice. in my guitar case oh, cool. it's really cool yeah awesome. I, I liked it i've never had that before. for sure very personal that's the neat thing about algonquin too is that you have all these people that are that are so nice and they're so interesting and are going mm -hmm. to school for so many different things you can do yeah. algonquin he was doing some type of graphic design sure and anyways he had a few minutes before this class mm -hmm. And he drew me and he gave it to me. I've had people write notes. Is that yeah. is that Yoshi? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and he made me a necklace last time I nice, was there. Nice, yeah. Like just all these <laughs> things. It's so nice. Yeah. That's cool. Like they appreciate what you're giving them in a performance mm -hmm. and they want to just show it back with some with anything, with a piece of paper that yeah. it's more than a piece of paper. It's a it's a message and a cool representation of you. I love it. It's cool. It is really neat. And I'm gonna keep those things. And I always remember like, oh, this is from when I played Algonquin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, one person I've heard you talk about, I think one of your teachers was Jill Zmud. Mm -hmm. I watched uh, a video of her on YouTube. It was the Ottawa Citizen YouTube page where she was playing one of her songs and they were filming it. And her song was ruined by the sound of photographers taking photos. You could hear the shutters and the clicks of mm. their... And I, I felt like the... Specifically the end of her song where it should have like gone out smoothly was ruined by click it, click it, click it. oh that's and awful. yeah i'm like oh that's too I bad i watch that video does uh do you feel like that happens to you a lot or has it ever happened anything like that where you where people get in the way where they're not enjoying it maybe like they're they have their phone out the whole time and you're like oh why don't you just like sit there and enjoy it or like i know i'm the photographer i try to what i try to do when i take photos of a person is that or an event i try to like connect with the people first and make mm -hmm. sure that that person feels comfortable with me taking the photo or yeah. video of them. And that way they're not like, oh, who is this stranger? What are they going to do with it? And they at least have some kind of comfortability with it. Like, mm -hmm. do you find like that sometimes can uh, freak you out? Like you're like, oh, I'm performing right now to however many people, but oh, this one person has a camera. So now this thing could be documented forever and who knows what they get, they, they tag you in it and then you're forever connected to that. Yeah, no, that is interesting. I'm thinking of that on, on two different levels. Mm -hmm. Like as a performer, yeah, I've been, tagged and i find like when i'm singing i i get it's very hard to get a flattering picture but like oh my god sometimes i've been tagged in like it's like up my nose with like the biggest like wide open mouth like i look like i'm in pain yeah. i'm like really 
This yeah. is the photo that you chose to put out there for the entire world yeah. and to tag me. And mm-hmm. I, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, I'm getting over it now because I've been tagged in so many unflattering photos. Oh, yeah. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, there's nothing you can do about it. No, And yeah. it's probably very hard to capture me in a nice way when I'm performing. Anybody. But, anybody singing or talking, I have to take so many because people have their eyes closed their mouth are open in a weird yeah. way and that's why you have to take so many but for someone yeah. just taking one on their phone as an audience member they're like oh, i'll take one and that'll be the one <laughs> and then let's go with it yeah and and then also the thing i find kind of weird sometimes too is like don't look at the camera mm-hmm. so it's like where do you go yeah, you're not there i'm gonna act because <laughs> you're natural. so distracted you want to you want to look at that person that's taking yeah. your photo anyways but the other thing i want to say about that is just as an audience member mm-hmm. I hate it when people have their phones out and are just like storying the entire concert. Yeah. First of all, I don't care to watch your friggin' clip of your concert. Like, I just really don't. Yeah. And my friends all do this all the time. We're going out and we're watching live music. And it's like, you're not even paying attention. You're mm-hmm. watching the show through your screen. Yeah. The entire time. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? I like to like, take like one or two photos. Mm-hmm. They never end up turning out that well, but at least like it's a memory For when sure. I'm going through. I was there. Yeah. I did this kind of thing. But like you need to be there in the moment and you need to enjoy it. That mm-hmm. is the point of live music. <laughs> yeah. That is not why you like if you want to watch YouTube videos, you do that mm-hmm. on your screen. When you go to a live show, you're there to experience everything that's happening in the moment and it's so raw and it's so real Mm -hmm. put your phones away people (laughs) yeah it's um it's funny where like you're showing other people who didn't care enough to go to the show yeah (laughs) exactly and i feel like most people are the opinion of me like they don't care either yeah right and the sound is never gonna be that good yeah through your phone so what's the point yeah i don't get it you're mainly seeing a crowd and then a person in the distance probably from far yeah. away that's just like a light bubble <laughs> kind of thing like you can't even tell who it was yeah yeah the biggest thing in it is their name and you're like oh i guess they saw weezer the other day yeah. like, cool <laughs> Great. Good <for> you. <laughs> yeah. uh you have your music on spotify and apple music yeah where are all the places you have them oh it's everywhere all the places okay yeah you have one song on Spotify I'm curious about. It's called Jubilee. It's not mine. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, why is that on your page? It I didn't have any coming. connection with it. It's got like 42,000 listens and no lyrics. It's got bubbles on it. What is that? Yeah, I'm I'm a little frustrated with that right now. First of all, I'm I'm frustrated with, with Spotify as an artist. I think it's great that we have it here um at the bar at the brewery because we can put on these playlists all the time and it's fantastic like the other night i was working and i just went in and i searched shaky graves radio Mm -hmm. and so all these artists that are similar to him come up and it's fantastic i love that feature yeah however as an artist apparently i forget someone told me i have like 1400 monthly listeners or something along those lines my check that i received in the mail after like having my music on for a year and a bit was four dollars or something oh, ridiculous okay. like less than i would make in one <laughs> cd sale yeah um it's like a slap in the face like i don't even want this four dollars like just look yeah exactly and then what's happening is i was jillian kerr first when i put my downtown yeah. album out there yeah and then there's this other jillian kerr yeah. 
and they think that we're the same person. Yeah. And I have been trying for a while to try and separate us. Yeah. But there's no easy way. There's no one that I can call on the phone. It's all done through the computer. So I have to try and like get myself verified and all these processes. I'm sure maybe there's a simpler way that I just haven't found yet. So I kind of gave up. Okay. That was a while ago. And now I was just like, yeah, that's not me. So I don't know if... Is she stealing my views too? I don't know uh, how that works. Yeah. How like, do, do you think she got my money? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, but wouldn't you have to upload it to like your own separate accounts? Yeah. So there'd be <laughs> from totally different places in the world too. Like I'm assuming she's not from Canada. Like, yeah. I think Who knows? there's another Jillian Kurt artist in Ireland. Okay. Cause she, when I was getting my website done, yeah. I have .ca and okay. she has .com. Okay. And she's actually a musician in yeah. Ireland. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. The same name and you guys do totally music. Totally different. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. I yeah. was so confused. I'm like, this is not what you <laughs> normally do. Like, why is this there? No. So I say to everyone all the time when they're looking me up. Yeah. Don't. Like, it's Jillian Kerr, not the pink album. <laughs> <laughs> That's the a one common that's bluey gray. That's me. <laughs> that was a picture from your shot in the dark video, yes. right? Yeah. That's a cool series where it started with uh, just Pixel, who was John Kishel, uh, a guy yep. who's in my uh, program, TV broadcast, and he started that. And now I believe it's moved on to a different company doing it. What was your experience like with that? It's a lot of local Ottawa musicians connected with amazing uh, cinematographers. So yeah. it just works well for everyone. Like it everyone so wins. Cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was actually talking about nervous. I was mm-hmm. so nervous for yeah. that performance. That was my first kind of like music video. Not that I've really done one since, but that was very uh, nerve wracking because you're surrounded by all these fantastic musicians because yeah. we all shoot in one day. Yeah. So the whole point of the video is that I think there's eight of us. And so we squeeze into one day. Per session, there's their own, yeah, like yeah. full days. And we yeah. have to be, not have to be, we're in the background of everyone else's video. Yeah. So it looks like you always have an audience. Yeah. So it is a full day of mm-hmm. shooting. And yeah, it was terrifying because these people are so talented and it's, it's so much easier to perform for non-musicians. Absolutely. <laughs> I, well, there was a person at Algonquin recently who after he was done, he did an amazing performance that I was just blown away. And there's a bunch of teenagers there not paying attention. They're all on their phones. And I'm like, there's a live guy right here making awesome stuff. And afterwards I was talking to him. He's like, oh, I messed up a bunch of times. I'm like, I, I have no idea <laughs> if you messed up a bunch of times because there's no connection or like, I, I don't know that. Yeah, don't yeah, tell yeah. me that. Just no, like, exactly. You, exactly it's so but it was it was great because um we got to do the show i got to witness all these new artists that i had never seen before and then you you know you become friends with them and make great Mm -hmm. connections yeah um and then yeah i got all dolled up for that video and there was a photographer there and he took my picture and i was like done because (laughs) i hate getting my picture taken so much yeah um that it was perfect for me because it was like two in one. Yeah, I get it all out of the way. Yeah. That's cool. It, I've, I've talked to several musicians now, and it, it, there's an interesting thing you guys, I found a lot of people have in common, is a lot of people are teachers, mm. and not even just music teachers, but just teachers in general of a variety of subjects. You're a substitute teacher, yes, right? Yes, yeah. And what is the specifics of that? What are you substitute teaching? Teaching. <laughs> <laughs> What are you That's substitute great. teaching? <laughs> no, I think you should keep that in. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I work with the OCDSB. That's the Ottawa mm-hmm. Public Board for, for the high schools. 
And essentially, um, I get called into all the different high schools in Ottawa. I have only been accepting jobs at West Carleton High School right now because okay. it's very close to me. It's a 15-minute yeah. drive, mm-hmm. like no traffic, other than maybe <laughs> I'll get stuck behind a school bus or a tractor. Yeah. Uh, and, the um, troubles of garb traffic. <laughs> Actually, though, you, <laughs> I ran behind a tractor today. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. Um, but it's really great, and it's all done on the computer, essentially, but... Um, a text goes out to me if I want to accept the job, I take it and it's for any subject. I even got a, I got asked to do a library position, but I couldn't cause I was doing okay. something else that day. So I couldn't accept it. Yeah. But yeah. So all different subjects I've done. Like, what um, does that mean? Like, how do you know AutoCAD? all subjects? Are you just given the stuff and you just have to say the questions? You don't oh, have to know it. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> um, when I go in, during the day so school starts at 8 a.m so early (laughs) i'm doing these jobs that are like totally opposite yeah um scheduling Mm -hmm. so like when you're working at the bar playing gigs it's always later yeah and then teaching is so early in the morning yeah um i go into the office and then i sign me in they or they sign me in they gave me a key for the rooms that i need and then hopefully the teacher has left me work yeah hopefully If not, you just kind of have to like go on the top of your feet. Like you just play it by ear, see what they've been working on before. Tell them Um, all the students, this is not a day off. You don't get a free pass because I'm here. Oh, no, exactly. So this one day I was teaching in the the auto tech room. Okay. (laughs) And like when you're in auto tech, I am not a licensed mechanic Mm -hmm. and I don't have the... um, licensing to allow these kids to work on the machines in case anything happens to them so it has to be a desk work day sure so some of the kids like they see that it's a supply teacher and they walk in the one door and out the other (laughs) like they don't even bother coming to class but um the teacher because normally they're not used to doing desk work so he gave me this stuff that was supposed to last all period 75 minute period it lasted 15 minutes Mm, and i'm like what the heck am i gonna do with a bunch of these kids that you know are used to being like moving around and all this stuff so anyways i ended up finding uh rust valley restoration on youtube and we just watched videos okay (laughs) rest of class and they could hang out if they wanted to do other work yeah i know technically you're not supposed to, like, they don't want you doing work in other classes. Like, let's say if it's a math class, oh, they don't okay, want you yeah. doing English work. Yeah. But honestly, I just would rather them doing any sort productive, of work. So yeah. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you, yeah, if you're going to be productive in this 75 minutes, mm-hmm. you do that. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. whatever you need to do, you can do it. I'm a pretty chill supply teacher. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And I'm guessing it's brought you so much more respect to your past ones that you've had. Oh like, were you God. always cool to the other teachers when you were a student? <sighs> I was good student. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> but it has brought me, like, a, a huge, huge respect for what teachers do. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even think I had any idea. Even before going to teacher's college, I thought being a teacher was going to be, like, pretty much a breeze it is not no (laughs) it is not like props to teachers and i don't even think people that aren't in the profession they don't even really understand unless you're like married to a teacher Mm -hmm. or whatever because they say oh teachers get so many holidays they get christmas they get march break they get the summer 
all those breaks are taken up with doing work. Okay. It's doing yeah. work. It's lesson planning. Yeah. It's calling home, getting these kids yeah. on top of their work. It's sometimes tra- calling child protective services. Like there is so much to the job that we yeah. don't see. And yeah, you have a six hour day. No mm-hmm. way. When I was yeah. doing my practicums and I was having to teach, that was only like two periods, sometimes three. I was there early in the morning, a half hour before class started doing all my prep work. And then I would stay, class was done at 2.15. I'd stay till 5, 5.30 at night, just trying to get stuff done, go home wow. and eat, do more. Yeah. And yes, I'm a new teacher, so there is more work to it. Yeah. But still, any of those good teachers um, that are always trying to better their practice and better their assignments for students, they're working like that all the time. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah, that is not. I, I wrote down a, a quote that I had heard uh, recently the the teacher and the taught together create the teaching so mm. like you need to have the student there to be able to to care or focus or sometimes I feel like uh, I'm guessing there's like two sides of like a student that fails like sometimes you're like oh I, I failed them maybe mm-hmm. and then other times you're like they didn't try they didn't put anything into it how often are you feeling good and bad like for the most part are you like wow like i did this or like we all put this together like mm-hmm. the, these connect these students connected or then you're like oh like this one student how did i how did i miss out on them or it just is it because there's just so many students you just really can't help everyone like how does that work with I, i'm oh, guessing man. like i know it's there's classes co- that are like 30 students and that's impossible to help everyone's specific needs yeah it it is a combination of all those things but yeah like like you're saying, honestly, a good teacher is is a teacher that's constantly learning and growing mm-hmm. with the students and you're doing that together and you're listening to who your students are constantly and trying to mold assignments towards them because I don't know like how you feel about when you went to school. It was pretty much just like, this is the assignment. This is what you need to do. You're going to give it back to me in this certain amount of time. And then there was kids that that really worked for mm-hmm. they were good at th- doing that and then there's kids that are like i don't really see the point in this this is not benefiting me whatsoever yeah and then you always think like oh those are the students that you know are not very smart and all this stuff it's like no actually those are the very very smart kids mm-hmm. that don't see the point and if you don't help kids and just mold work towards them so that they are personally growing constantly mm-hmm. and learning and feeling challenged then you're not doing your job I just heard a podcast where with Gary Vaynerchuk. Do you know him? No. He's like a big business mogul who was saying he he, he talks a lot of crap about school mm. just because he says he's like, do you think Beyonce was good at school or these people like they were so focused on their passions? He was saying he would fail at school because mm-hmm. on weekends he was making thousands of dollars as a ten year old selling baseball cards because he was a business guy from yeah. the beginning and he's mm-hmm. like he got in the way. Other, I mean, I know the point of it is to learn how to learn. That's a lot of what you're doing, right? It's not about the specific subjects. Yes. Is that a big thing of what you're taught? Like people, when people are like, I'm never going to use algebra. And you're like, well, you have to learn how to learn something hard. So that way, when you find something you do want to know, you'll still be into doing it. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That's that's a huge part of it. And that's what university is, too. Mm-hmm. University is just sometimes you're like, oh, my God, why am I doing this? But, yeah, it's it's teaching you how to learn, how to expand your mind, how to be more open and that's what is is challenging in elementary school and high school because there is so much content mm-hmm. that you need to learn. It's so content driven, but it's like, how do we make this so kids can relate it in different ways, relate it to their own lives, yeah. be able to take that and grow and see patterns. So like I'm 
uh, history teacher is one of my, mm. like it's music and history. Okay. Um, which I, I never want to teach history because it's, it's so hard. There's so much content, but it's not just about the content. It's like, how do we see patterns that are constantly happening in the world so that, you know, mm. when they say you got to study the past, you know, the present, it's not actually just like dates and yeah. specific wars and battles yeah. and stuff like that. It's like patterns of humanity. Uh-huh. Okay. Cause that <laughs> you, I almost cut you off a bit. I hate dates. That's why I don't like history. Cause I don't remember the specific things. No. And that, those things on tests oh, always bothered me. <laughs> so that was my, that was, that's always my grievance of like memorizing those specific things. I'm like, what does that help me with? But sometimes just knowing an interesting thing like that, like right mm -hmm. now I'm hosting trivia nights uh, oh, for cool. in residence for resident students. And one of my things I'm doing every month is I have five inventions and I try to get them to put in order of when they were created. Ah. And it's interesting to see just the concept people being like, anyone, like most people don't know. So mm -hmm. it's pretty open trivia for like, nobody knows when a microwave compared to uh, a lawnmower <laughs> were mm. invented. So it's kind of interesting to see the different groups of people <laughs> working together. Like, oh no, eyeglasses were definitely before the, <laughs> A fire extinguisher or some of those, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's kind of oh, that's interesting. neat. So, do you do all your own research for that? Or yeah. Do you find, wow. I try to I try to do a combination of things I'm interested in. Yeah. And make it really personalized quiz for me <laughs> to make it to make it so that it's fun. Like I had a section about Weird Al that was a fun and, yeah, yeah. and TV show theme songs. But then sometimes I have to pick things that I don't actually know, and that way it's like broad trivia. So I've done like flags of countries and. It's interesting, like I actually do know some of them because mm -hmm. I have a friend who's really into vexillology, which is the study of flags. Oh, cool. And so was, that's kind of interesting to see how most people are like, how are we ever going to know that? <laughs> and other times, yeah, I just like, I'll just look up like, what are the seven natural wonders of the world? And it's like, I would never know any of these, but it's just, it's just a good trivia question to see if anyone knows them. And yeah, most people that's don't. that's really cool. <laughs> do you ever watch that show Still Standing? With no. With the guy, now I'm going to forget his name, but uh, from... The, um, Murdoch Mysteries. I'm you know, not familiar. It's like Canadian no. show. No. It's a super cheesy. I've heard of it. But his name in the show is George Crabtree. Anyways, okay. he's really neat. He's from Newfoundland. But what he does is he goes to all these little small towns all over Canada. Mm -hmm. And then he visits with some of the like key members in the community. And he okay. gets to see how this small town works and the arts and culture mm. and all these different things. And all the hardships that they've gone through, like a lot of small towns do and all mm -hmm. these things. But then he um, does this show at the end in this little community hall and he makes jokes. But he still like tells the history mm -hmm. of um, this community. And he did one in this small town in Newfoundland, not where he was from. But there was this young girl. She was like 14 years old and she runs trivia at okay. her place. And she does like all different like pop culture and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, one of them is is the history of their small town yeah. always once a week in her trivia at mm -hmm. this little pub. And a lot of it is about that pirate from Newfoundland, East Eastman, I think. I'm trying to remember. Okay, yeah, I'm not familiar. But he's like one of the only pirates that made like millions of dollars stealing stuff okay. and then he retired so this is when the he big retired ships, from pirating he, he retired from being a pirate and he settled in this like little country in europe wow. like he didn't die tragically yeah. no, like he yeah. just took all his money and he retired well it's i can hilarious. stop stealing i'm good i got yeah. all the gold yeah <laughs>
Wow. You should look him up. Yeah. It's funny. I will check that out for sure. Yeah. Um, we had talked last time about uh, the children's album that you had mm-hmm. worked on for it was a school project uh with your group the harmony club it's called how to be awesome and last time we talked we actually talked more about the other songs on it not the ones you had done so i'm oh, curious yeah. to talk to you about you have one song on there called give thanks to mother earth yeah and that's right there in the title are two are two things that are very like manner based like giving and thanks hmm. was that a big thing growing up in your family like manners was that important yes yeah <laughs> Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. And it shocks me when people don't have the same manners yeah. that I do. Like, please and thank yous, yeah. 100%. And um, I wasn't so much brought up on, like, proper etiquette because I remember when I was dating this guy and I went to his grandmother's place for dinner and she was all on, like, very proper etiquette. And turns out I wasn't holding my knife and fork, sure, right? Yeah. And he told me way later and I was so embarrassed. But I was very much, yeah, your manners, being polite, mm-hmm. treating people in a kind manner. Yeah. It was, so I'm kind of taking that yeah. idea and saying, like, we need to be kind to our planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have, like... Some parts where I really like where you're talking about like looking at the stars. It kind of reminds me of like smelling the roses of mm. like, it's something, especially when you're downtown again, you can't see the stars because everything's blocking it. But when you're out here in carp, I'm guessing that's like a really good time to actually just look up and be like, wow, it's amazing to look at whatever is going up up there in space and all those beautiful things. I had uh, an experience when I was in Dominican Republic this year, I was like walking around like there was like it was just out in the middle of nowhere there was mm-hmm. no lights around us and i was with two students the two worst students like i i didn't want to i wasn't having a good time walking with them but i had to like basically take care of them and watch them yeah. and the three of us were all able to enjoy it together like looking at the stars and our phones actually couldn't capture the beauty of oh, what yeah. it was like they never can <laughs> no no it was just like amazing just to look up and oh, be like wow so nice. like yeah it was really cool so i, I connected have that, to that moment yeah yeah it was sweet it is a wonderful way to connect with people mm-hmm. i think and that's why I try to do in my music is try to find a way to say how I'm feeling and tell my story, but also in a way that other people are going to relate to it as well. And that is one of the nicest things I love about being home again is like, I love seeing the stars. That's one part I don't miss about downtown. <laughs> yeah. But it, when I was writing the song, I was thinking actually about being on the water at my cottage. Okay. And that, you know, when you're on water looking up at the sky, the stars, it seems like the sky is a big dome. Yeah, you know, so yeah. It makes you actually feel like you're kind of like, I don't know, Helping on the it, end part of, of the it, yeah. earth. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, you have a another line in it where you say, "Be kind to the world, and it'll be kind in return." Do you think karma is that a big thing in your life too? Of just like putting out positive energy and you get it back, and then yes. sometimes, <laughs> do you do you feel like the opposite when something bad happens? You're like, "Oh, what did I do?" Yes. Yeah. All the time. You feel that? Yeah. Interesting. One hundred percent. I as part of my history background in university i also got a minor in world religions okay so there was a huge part of my life where like right now i i I don't really know if like there's anything i strongly believe in anymore Mm -hmm. but for a while reincarnation was a big thing that i was um really like looking into and and finding so interesting and karma and Mm -hmm. and yeah a lot of that and i still i stick with karma though yeah i do to a certain extent because i think too that there's 
bad things that do happen to good people Mm -hmm. and then the way a lot of cultures that understand karma and reincarnation is that you did something in a past life yeah that you're paying for now yeah i'm not really sure i stand behind that (laughs) it's kind of tricky because i think it's it's a reason to eliminate randomness and Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't like to think that everything's random because it seems like it doesn't have meaning yeah i don't necessarily think that's true but yeah so it's like oh well why did something happen to such a good person yeah oh it's karma they did something in a past life yeah no and you're like well this is like a child who exactly (laughs) you're saying that they were an old they were this person was a terrible person they're like hitler or whatever Mm -hmm. and it's this baby or whatever yeah Yeah. that's that's it yeah nuts to be able to figure that out but yeah i I do like that motto of try to do good it is true though and and i (laughs) and i use that sometimes you know when people really piss you off and you're like ah karma's gonna get you (laughs) (laughs) i just i think that a lot of it comes down to energy too is is what i believe not so much karma but it's just like the energy that you have within yourself and what manifests in you is what you push out so when someone's just like this positive nice person you're gonna have positive interactions with other people for the most part Mm -hmm. every once in a while someone's gonna be really negative but you know that there's those really negative people that you run into into in your life and they just bring you down they bring out all the anger in you and then all of a sudden you're having this interaction that's not very nice at all Mm -hmm. so kind of connected to this so you talk about reincarnation you worked as a, a flower girl uh, <laughs> at a graveyard with the uh, local comedian Aaron Hill, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so what was that experience like? Was that an interesting look at looking? Or how old were you when you did that? I started when I graduated high school, and I worked all the way until so not, I finished okay. um, my last year at university. So not a girl. <laughs> no, no, I was there from how old are you? Eighteen to okay. twenty. Two? Okay. And what does that mean? You would be putting 22? out flowers around the graveyard? Yeah. So the first year I was hired, I was painting actually. Okay. And then after that, I got hired on the, as the flower girl. So that was incredible. We spent like thousands of dollars on flowers. Yeah. Like I, I can't even say okay. how much money <laughs> we spent, but it was, it's part of the service that we provided mm-hmm. and it made everything so pretty. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, planting flowers for all the people that paid for it to have on their graves. And then we did the big flower beds and then we do the landscaping and just make mm. the grounds really nice. It was a very peaceful job for the most part. Okay, Peaceful. And did mm-hmm. it make you kind of more, uh, I guess, accustomed to like a graveyard? Like it didn't feel like, yeah, like it was an just, eerie thing. You no. just said, this is my job. It, was just it doesn't my, matter. It was just my work. <laughs> yeah. This is where I spent all day, like all day. And it was nice. Um, sometimes, it felt like I was in daycare, which is, I don't even mm. know how to describe this, but it was like, this is the area that I can be in for eight hours a day and I can go anywhere and I want, but I can't leave. I don't know. There's okay. just like something about it. Yeah. After a while, you okay. go like a little crazy, but I guess that's anyone that works like a nine to five True. job and you're there every day. It's just like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> how do I get out of here? <laughs> but no, it was really neat. And you become really accustomed with death, which is mm-hmm. sometimes like it can be hard for me because maybe I don't feel as or I don't come across as like sympathetic or, or something. Sometimes I worry about that just because hmm. I'm just like, oh yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just part but of a job being around dead, where the dead all were. the yeah. time. Yeah. 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 Um, it was interesting though. So you think about that stuff a lot for sure. And it was kind of neat. Like I really liked 
doing the flowers because you'd kneel down on someone's grave and I'd always read their names and their mm. birthday and when they died and I'd see if like the woman was older than the man, like her husband. Yeah. And then I would just kind of like form their whole story wow. in my head. And yeah, you get to know it really well because I was there for five years. Yeah. And a lot of these flower beds were the same every year. Okay. So they weren't trying to update or change to the season or whatever. They're like, this is our the flower for the person. And you're like, oh, this is yeah. so-and-so. And then the other part of that too was like a long, long time ago when the owner, John Cole, was younger, it was... um a package that they were selling so it was pretty inexpensive because this was like i don't know like 40 years ago and when you bought the plot and the casket and the stone and all this stuff you would also get um flowers for the rest of the length of the graveyard and how okay. long it lasted like as long as it's coal pinecrest cemetery then you would get that service Hmm. So, yeah. Okay. People are getting flowers for years and years and years and years. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, so, this is, we're coming to the end. So, uh, I have a way that I end every time where I'm going to show you a series of ways we can end just by the title. Okay. And then you pick which one you like, and then I'll tell you what that means afterwards. So, here are the options of what we can do to close this out. Anything out there stand out? I like be in the now. Be in the now? Okay. Or no, death row, because well, we were just oh, talking yeah. about death. Okay. Do death row. Cool. Death row. So you're on death row. Okay. What is your final meal? Oh, shit. It could be anything you want, uh, made by anyone you want. Let's say like a decently sized plate. You can have several like nice things on it. It doesn't need to be like one specific classic meal. You can have a couple, like a, a big plate. Okay. Well... I think what I would love, you know, Cabado's restaurant? No. That, um, it, uh, is that not Stitz? Is it Stitzville area? That nice stone building. Anyways, it's this okay. family Italian restaurant. Amazing cooks. I okay. think I would get their seafood pasta okay. with a rose sauce. Okay. Done. <laughs> and what drink? Oh. Probably red wine. Yeah, nice. Because it's got a pear. Okay, and any dessert? Dessert? Cheesecake. (laughs) (laughs) I'd probably go all out because I'm lactose intolerant too, so I'd want to just like get all the dairy I could and be like, this is it. Yeah. (laughs) Do some cheesecake in there for sure. Cool. (laughs) That sounds great. Thank you so much for coming on this. This was so much fun. Great to talk talk to you. Thank you. Yeah, this was a lot of fun Mm -hmm. in this spooky little dungeon that we're in. Yeah, I'll definitely (laughs) have to come back here for uh, whenever I'm in car parties, (laughs) (laughs) which is all the time. All right. Perfect. Signing out. Bye. I, I bye. Don't do that. Bye. 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 <laughs>